Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, Tyrac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Redestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. 56% of job seekers say their biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications, according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be a lonely process, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding a job that fits. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location near you at ExpressPros.com. With no fees for job seekers, visit ExpressPros.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Thanks for listening to the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the city of Angels, where, in spite of the loss, all good with the Rams. And after the win for the Chargers, though banged up, they'll head out for Thursday night football. Ton to get to. Daniel Jeremiah, who covers those Chargers, will join us upcoming. Plus, he works for the NFL Network, and he's got the Move the Sticks podcast. We'll get his thoughts on last night's game, the ramifications, and, um, oh, yeah, by the way, the news of the day. Speaking of the news of the day, it's that John Filippo, who 
was the young offensive coordinator of the Vikings is no longer the young offensive coordinator of the Vikings. Let me first do something that I'm not sure anybody else has done. Let me talk about the team that actually won the game last night. All right. I was too busy winning to worry about the mess that is the Minnesota Vikings. There's something to this Seahawks team, something to this Seahawks organization. Now look, I thought they might lose last night. They were all banged up. No, uh, you know, they didn't have DJ Fluker. They didn't have Doug Baldwin. And yet they found a way to get a lead early and to stay ahead and to get some stops and, uh, and, and make Kirk Cousins look like a bad quarterback. But to people who thought that this group, and by group I don't mean necessarily the players as much as the coaching staff in front office, who drafted well and developed well previously couldn't do it again. Like, why can't they do it again? And the answer is, there's no reason. And when I watch the defense play as well in key areas in, in the red zone and on third down as they played last night, it becomes painfully obvious that it wasn't just the offense that was done with Richard Sherman. Some of it was the defense. Yeah, they had two guys have to retire, but they, they, and they retired because they got hurt. But people, the guys are replaceable. And they've done a really good job of identifying young talent who other people haven't heard of, putting them in the right situations to succeed. Seattle should be a lot more of the story than the Vikings. All right, let me get to the Minnesota Vikings now before we get to the John DeFilippo Peter principle, which is on full display. Um, there's There are going to be, no, no matter how well he played, unless they were a dominant team, at 10 and two right now, there were going to be naysayers to Kirk Cousins. And part of it is Kirk Cousins is not that good. He went from wildly underpaid and underrated to massively overpaid and overrated. But he was also the only guy on the market at the time. Period. Only guy on the market at the time. If you think there was a better option, take a listen to former Viking, Hall of Famer, NFL analyst, and co-host of First Things First and Fox Sports 1. Here's Chris Carter earlier today. For the people who think Kirk Cousins have come up short, call me, and I'll be able to get you straight. Because the way that defense is played, the way the special teams is played, you don't have no running game. If Case Keenum was there, they would have won two games. That's what they'd be sitting right now. All right? Because Kirk Cousins has thrown the football, their passing game, especially Stephon Diggs and Thielen. There's some other reasons when you don't run the football, which I said before, as far as rush attempts, 33% of their, they're only going to rush it. The lowest percentage since the merger. Like, how are you going to win a football game? The defense has not been a top 10 defense, which we had expected. So this is not Kirk Cousins. Don't blame it on the guy with the money. There's a lot of other guys being paid a lot of money out there, too, that no one's talking about. This is a lot like the Gruden thing. People get a lot of money and they fail to see why they got all that money. And instead they just point to, well, he's making the most money. So he's got to make plays and somehow save everybody else. The reality of it is this. Your options were AJ McCarron, Case Keenum, bringing back Teddy Bridgewater, which you could have done, could have done. Uh, by the way, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, 
two teams have had him this year. One was the Jets, who took him and paid him a million dollars. And the second one is the Saints, and they took him as an insurance policy, and they trade a third-round pick for him. So the rest of the league was like, yeah, don't know. Those are your options. Sam Bradford was another option. Bring back Sam Bradford. If, if we want to look honestly at the Minnesota Vikings situation, their plan was no different from what the Bears' plan is or what any of these teams' plan. Draft a young quarterback, hopefully later in the first round, earlier in the second round, so you don't pay him a ton of money. Develop him slowly over time. And when you develop him over time on that rookie contract, you can fill out a really good team around him. And they were on they were on track to do that. They went to the playoffs and he was kind of managing games. Then he blew out his knee. And then they're like, look, we got a really good team. Let's go get the best guy available on the market. And that was Sam Bradford. They had massive injuries. Bradford came back last year. He played great in one game as they were healthy. Then Bradford got injury because he's Sam Bradford. And they did the best they could and showed they had a really good team. With the exception of the quarterback. And everyone in the organization and most people in football knew that Case Keenum's a really nice backup who could be a starter if the rest of your team is just loaded. But they felt like, look, we had to hide a bunch of stuff in order to get Case all the way to that finish line. We can't hide it a second year. They were a miracle play away from losing to the Saints at home in the playoffs. Right? You're like, oh, well, they went to the they 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 won the division last year. Aaron Rodgers was hurt last year. The Bears were a disaster. The Lions fired their coach, and the Packers didn't have Aaron Rodgers. Of course you won your division last year. Right? The year before and the year before, they had massive, massive injuries. And when they played a legit team with their backup quarterback, they got run out of the stadium by the Eagles. So let's be honest with where the Vikings were. You know, their ability to make the NFC championship game was in some ways similar, some ways similar to when the Raiders made the playoffs two years ago. A lot of other things had to go right in order for them to go as far as they went. Like we suddenly forget that last year, the, uh, the Cowboys didn't have Ezekiel Elliott for six games. That's why they fell out of the playoffs. You guys remember that? Oh, you're like, oh, I forgot. The, the Giants lost all three wide receivers. Their line was a train wreck. Their defense started infighting, right? That's why they didn't make the playoffs. Hell, I mean, look around the league. The, the Eagles won. This. The story of last year was injuries. Last year was injuries. And if you don't believe me, why do you think they changed the defensive rules and softened it up how you can touch a quarter, tackle a quarterback. So let's start with the Kirk Cousins is over. Is he overpaid? Yeah. I've never thought Kirk Cousins, but he's overpaid the same reason Gruden's overpaid because he was successful elsewhere. And he's the only guy on the market. The only guy who you could go out and really get and go like, Hey, we got a starting quarterback who really knows how to prepare. He knows how to play and he might not win it for us, but he won't lose it for us. Now, then you get to John Filippo, And this is one of the hard things in coaching is fire, finding a new offensive coordinator who hasn't been an offensive coordinator. You basically have two choices when you're hiring an offensive coordinator, maybe three. 
Okay, one is hiring a uh, a college coach who got fired. You know, like a like a Cliff Kingsbury, for example. You know, second is to hire a head coach who used to be a coordinator who got fired. I mean, Todd Haley, by the way, was a offensive coordinator who got run out of Pittsburgh, but used to be the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. That's why they got him. And the third is to hire a guy that's never called plays before. He's been in all the meetings. He's listened to all the stuff. He's made suggestions. Like, look, this is what I told Oklahoma State when I interviewed for the job. Was, hey, you can hire me, and I've technically never coached a college game. I haven't. Now, I've seen more. I've evaluated more. I've analyzed more than anybody you can. I've seen more styles, more practices than anybody you could possibly ever, ever interview. But I have not been a head coach of a college team. But if you hire an assistant coach, do you know what else you're hiring? Somebody who's never coached before. Oh, they've done the drills. They put in the game plan. They made suggestions. But they're not coaching. Now, some assistant coaches help more. Some do coach the call the offensive plays. Some coaches even let their coach. And my point is, you don't know until they actually do it. And then you might not like it. It's called the Peter Principle. It's called the Peter Principle. It's a business term. When somebody is promoted above their level of competency. John Filippo was part of an incredible staff last year with Frank Reich. And, heck, even the head coach was um, Doug Peterson. Remember, he had never called plays when he got the head coaching job with the Philadelphia Eagles. He came from Kansas City. Andy Reid called the plays. So they had this really good staff, and when you win a Super Bowl and you line, you pile up all those yards and you do so with a backup quarterback, people are like, man, we got to get some of that. And the breakdown was essentially what you heard from Chris Carter. You got Mike Zimmer, an old-school, old-fashioned defensive coach that wants you to run the football with an offensive coordinator who, like young coordinators, prefers to throw it as opposed to running it. And, oh, yeah, by the way, the stats actually back him up. If you go back, run past through the first quarter, anytime it's been a 50-50 split or greater for running the football, the Vikings have lost. John Filippo is like, I'm not an idiot. I hear Mike Zimmer kept saying after the last four games, we need to run the football more. Okay, but you got a bad offensive line. You got a running back who's coming off an ACL and has not been healthy the whole year. And the stats tell you the more you run the football, the less successful you are. So let's keep running the football. But this is what happens when you hire a guy who hasn't called plays before. It's not just that he might be in over his head. He doesn't get the benefit of the doubt from his coach. Because the coach can't say, well, it worked here, it worked there, it worked the other place. There's no buy-in. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We got Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network on board. DJ, I pointed out to people that as much as I've liked the the uh, the Vikings roster, a lot of things had to go their way, like last year, just to win their division. You know, um, for example. Aaron Rodgers got hurt. The Bears were a disaster. The Lions fired their coach, right? That was a, a layup for them. Yeah. And last year was about injuries or a suspension for Ezekiel Elliott. That's why the Cowboys didn't make the playoffs. 
And so I looked around, and when they signed Kirk Cousins, do I love Kirk Cousins? No, but I don't know that there was a better option out there, and that was what they had to pay in order to get him. Am I crazy? Yeah, I think it's funny. Um, well, I guess I think it's kind of ridiculous. The people that are banging on Kirk Cousins for the money he's making, you know, the money he's making um, has nothing to do with him. You know, did somebody think he was the best quarterback in the NFL? No, he was the best quarterback that was on the free market. And uh, he's somebody that you won't hear the players complaining about Kirk Cousins and what he got and how he did it because he kind of he set the uh, set the path for everybody going forward to how to play the system and that's exactly what he did. It's not his fault that he got that money. He got what he was worth and it wasn't one team that was willing to pay it. It was multiple teams. And I think when he looked at his options, that was the best supporting cast he had to choose from, even though it wasn't a perfect roster, especially when you look at the offensive line. So. Uh, I think I think he will play better. I think he will get better. I think people have kind of just said he's dead and buried, and that's not going to be a success there. I haven't totally given up on that one yet. Uh, I'm just I'm just not going there right now. Okay, let's let's get to what went wrong. They fired John DiFilippo. He never called plays. So in addition to the idea of the Peter principle, which is you know being promoted above the level of your competency, there's there's no equity there. So he can't go like, hey, look, trust me, it's worked here, it's worked here, it's worked here. He's also working with kind of an old-school defensive coordinator as head coach who probably didn't, you know, probably wouldn't hit his idea to hire, an, uh, you know, an unproven offensive coordinator. Um, and statistically, they, they don't run the football well, and Dalvin Cook, coming off an ACL, hasn't been healthy, and the offensive line isn't good. So in one through four, who's, what's most to blame for their inadequacies offensively? Well, I, I still think you look at not being able to run the ball and that being a faction of, uh, you know, a big reason behind, you know, the offensive line. I mean, I, I think that's where I would start. But, you know, I, I don't know DeFilippo, uh, Doug, personally. I, I know people that have worked with him at multiple places, and I've heard just kind of a mixed bag. You know, I had somebody tell me, go look at when he was the coordinator with the Browns and compare that to when Kyle Shanahan was there. I believe it was just one year apart. Correct. And it was drastically different. Um, and then I've had other people tell me that have worked in the Philadelphia that really liked him. So, uh, you know, look, a lot of times that's, that's fit, right? You know, you got to have a fit with the head coach, the coordinator, the quarterback. That all has to work together. And this, you know, I think everybody can agree. This is, it clearly wasn't a fit. So is it, is it a fixable situation? I think so. I'll tell you what, I, I've gotten to know Kevin Stefanski a little bit. Um, he, he has helped coach the, uh, the East-West All-Star game the last couple of years and just been really, really impressed with him. He's a sharp guy. Um, so I'm anxious to see him get an opportunity here. This, the crazy thing is uh, they make this change. He's still got a really good shot to get into the postseason. And, you know, hey, once you get into the postseason, all bets are off. Um, you, you could you know, still be kind of dangerous because you look at what they have on their defensive front um, that that's encouraging. So I still think that this thing can be solved, and it, it it could be solved this year to salvage this year. So that that's just a it's an unusual situation to have a coordinator change like that and still be alive and well in the postseason. How have the Seahawks done this? Oh, I tell you what, it's uh, I, I just tip my hat to to John Schneider and Pete Carroll because the formula is not the same for every team. There's more than one way to to, to build a winner, and they just said, look, we are. You know, we're going to play with six offensive linemen, a bunch, which they do with George Fant. We're going to run the ball. We're going to limit possessions. We're going to protect the football. And we're going to play team defense where there's not as many individual stars, uh, but they they play so hard and run to the football and play as one unit where the sum is greater than the individual parts. And they're in that keeps them in every single game. Now, 
when other teams, when elite teams bring their A game, I don't think they're you know good enough right now to beat those teams. You know, A game to A game. But they don't ever. The Seahawks never bring a C game. They, they bring their A B game every single week. I think it's I think it's really really remarkable. I agree with you on on every point. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, a lot of people in watching the Rams are like, look, they play bad in the cold. They're not going to play in the cold in the playoffs. I would agree with that. On the other hand, when you when you dig a little bit deeper, and you know you watch Jared Goff, you're like, wait a second. Jared Goff didn't play well against the Lions either. Jared Goff has had some stinkers when he's played against legit defenses. How how much concern should there be uh, with Jared Goff heading into the playoffs? Well, I think it's I think it's just a sign that you still have a young quarterback. You know, he's still he's still young and still he's improving. He's not anywhere near as good as he's going to be a couple years from now. Now his high highs have been on you know national TV and that that big game against the Chiefs. And you saw, you know, him play at the at the top of his game. He just as a young player, as most young quarterbacks, you're not going to get that each and every week. You need somebody else to, to bail you out. Um, unfortunately, in in that game, they didn't give Todd Gurley really much of a chance to try and bail him out where he wasn't at his best. So, um, you know, I, I think that's I, I don't think that's all that unusual. I just think it's not. He's not in the same situation when you look at uh, over in the AFC, particularly, and you see Tom Brady and you see Philip Rivers. Um, you see Ben, you know, they're struggling, but if they get in, like, you, you know, I think you know exactly what you're going to get with those guys, being established veteran guys. I still think with Jared Goff, it's a little bit unknown. Um, it's going to be a little more of a roller coaster. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, that said, I'm I'm not really a buyer into Mitchell Trubisky. Are you? Not yet. Not yet. I think that team, you know, you got to be able to win multiple ways to make a run in the postseason. you got to be able to have a defensive game, and then you have to be able to have an offensive game. Even Jacksonville last year, as limited as we thought they were offensively, they showed with, you know, that with Blake Bortles actually got hot and, and scored some points to, to beat teams in the postseason, at least that, that Pittsburgh game we point to. Um, I just don't have, I don't have a tremendous amount of confidence that if they find themselves in a shootout game like that, that they're going to be able to pull that one out. I feel like they have to, they have to play a very certain style of football in order to win. Now it's it's great, they're great at it, but at some point in time, they're going to find themselves in a game where they got to put up some points. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. What was Bill Belichick doing having Rob Gronkowski back when they had a hail mary would have been seventy yards in the air? Yeah, I think it's. You know, I just think at some point in time you look at the clock and you, you you know, the reaction is, okay, they've got a score, and I just don't think you think it through. And you say, okay, this is our at the at the 45-50, uh, this is our Hail Mary defense where size is coveted. Um, but they weren't in that situation. And, you know, to me it's just a – it's you know, you can always say, okay, they're, they're in a late-game situation. Let's get our late – you know, you have a, a, a personnel group and you call – uh, for him to be out there, and they they called it one play too soon. Um, that was simple as that. It the 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 thing is, when you have that much ground to cover, speed over size all day long. Obviously, personally, it plays on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but man, it, it felt like watching that. It felt like the kick six, where it was just like, whoa, there's no speed on the field. Once once he got in the open field, there was no speed left, and uh, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. You talk about not rallying to the football. They did not rally rally to the football. Um, Chargers didn't play particularly well, but they got yep. a win. Doesn't look like they'll have Melvin Gordon. Doesn't look like they'll have Austin Eckler. On the other hand, you look at the 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 uh, Chiefs and they survived the Ravens, but they're all beaten up. No, likely no Tyreek Hill. Sammy Watkins with a foot, and of course, you know they had to get rid of their running back a week ago. Uh, so these teams will not be whole in facing each other. How much different is the mi- lineups 
How much different will this game be because of the personnel? Well, I'll tell you what, the, uh, you know, Melvin Gordon not playing more than likely is, is a big one for the Chargers. Their run game has not been the same. I mean, they've seen, you know, some, some nice glimpses, um, when they've had Eckler, who he's not probably going to be there either, but they've seen Justin Jackson do some nice things in Pittsburgh, but there's nobody on their roster that compares, uh, to what Gordon can bring to the table. And then you look on the other side, I, I, I'll be shocked if Tyreek Hill doesn't play. Um, I, I fully expect him to be out there. But you look at no Sammy Watkins and some of the other injuries they've had, and obviously with Kareem Hunt no longer being a part of that team, um, it, it's definitely a, a stripped down team. But to me, the key is when you have the three guys, if three guys on the field, which I expect we'll see, would be Mahomes, Kelsey, and then Tyree Kill. Man, that's a that's a lot to work. That's a lot to work for them. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be a big challenge for the Chargers. The challenge also being you can't become one dimensional. Uh, without Gordon there, even if you're not getting a lot on the ground, you've got to continue to run the football a little bit to stay balanced because you don't want to turn loose those two edge rushers uh, from Kansas City either. So it's going to be an uphill climb for the Chargers, but in some ways almost kind of liberating that you you feel like everything's against you. Short week, teams beat you nine times in a row. You don't have your your stud running back playing, and and, uh, what do you got to lose? Am I crazy that they finally found a kicker? He's been awesome, man. Awesome. He's he's like... uh, 24, 25, or something like that on on uh, PATs, 14 to 15 on fibbles, something like that. It's crazy. He's, he missed just missed a couple kicks, and he hits the franchise best 59 yarder uh, the other day. So he, he had some clutch kicks in that game against the Bengals, and uh, I think they found one. You know, I, I'm always reluctant to go uh, too confident on a kicker, then they're liable to break your heart. But so far, so good with them with Badgley. Yeah, although kickers around the league have been breaking people's heart. What what do we think about the Texans now? That the Colts came in and beat them. Texans have uh, pass protection issues. Some of that is on Deshaun Watson. He's got to get the ball out a little bit quicker. Uh, but they cannot continue to let him get hit like that, especially you know as we start to figure out who these teams are going to be in the postseason. Just about everybody you're going to play is going to be able to rush the passer with a pretty uh, pretty ferocious front. And uh, when they get sacked by, I think, five times in that game by a Colts front that's just all-day average, and that doesn't bode well. I think they've been sacked 13 times the last three weeks. Uh, so that would be uh, that'd be something that'd be a, definitely a cause for concern. Uh, the the Carolina Panthers are in full implosion mode. How much? How what, what's happened with Cam Newton from the hey he's playing better than he played in the MVP season to even Cam can't stop the bleeding? Well, I mean, some of the you know during this during this period, some of the same issues he's had forever in terms of just ball placement and decision making. Uh, you know, they've, they've continued to come up over and over again. Now, the, the difference is this defense is nowhere near the defenses he had when he was a little bit younger, where you could, you know, Cam needed to produce three big plays, produce three big plays either with your, you know, with your arm or with your legs, and that would be enough. You're going to win 21 uh, 17. They need more from him now because this defense is nowhere near as good as it was back then, and now you're starting to see with all that pressure on him to do that. Um, you know the accuracy issues and the decision making issues continue to continue to come up. Um, I want to ask you about Mahomes real quick. Uh, he, you know, he made made a throw. Uh, a friend of a, a friend of both of ours in the league called me on the way home from uh, from a game and said, "I've I've never I've never seen a throw like that in a game." <laughs> uh, Dilfer said he's seen Favre do it. Whatever. I mean, we're talking rare, rare air. But the point yeah. Dilfer made is the point that that I've made is like, look. I love it. I mean, as a creative passer myself, nothing like watching a guy throw a no look football pass and crossing route um, in the game and 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 you know throw off the coverage and throw it on the money. 
He also threw one rolling to his left, back to his right, all the way across the field, threw another one across his body. But those get picked off in the playoffs, don't they? I, you know, <laughs> you might be talking to the wrong guy because I saw it so many times at Texas Tech, and I was one of the ones that thought, man, I don't think you can play that way at the NFL. Like, that's, that's, that's reckless. Like, there's no way. I mean, it is. he is, it does not give two craps. He is just letting it rip across his body, breaking every rule that you learn from quarterback play. And say, ah, it's a big 12. You know, he can't do that in the NFL. Well, he's doing it in the NFL, Doug. Uh, so now the question is, okay, in the postseason, the windows get tighter, the teams are better, um, and all that. I don't, I don't think he can do it then. I, until he shows me he can, I'm scared to doubt the kid. I mean, it's... I have never seen the fourth and nine throw. I've already talked about the no look, but forget that. The fourth and nine throw to Tyree Kill. Uh, down the, down the sideline? That was insane. That was ridiculous. I don't know how. I mean, to, to be able to put that in that spot, to me, I, I, I use kind of a basketball analogy with Mahomes and watching that tape. I said it was like watching somebody win the three-point contest and then go win the dunk contest because it showed you you know, kind of the precision and the accuracy you would see in a three-point contest, but then just the jaw-dropping athleticism and some of the freakish stuff physically. It was, uh, it was a display. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite the display. League, obviously, in good, in good hands in the future. Last thing, Cowboys resurgence. Is it for real with Amari Cooper? Because the first three quarters was ugly, and then they got Amari Cooper on a banged-up defensive backfield and, and two absolute dimes from Dak. Where are you on the Cowboys resurgent offense? Well, I mean, obviously it's better. Uh, it's still it's still inconsistent. I don't know that you know against some of the better defenses, uh, putting the ball up that many times is going to work for them. Um, I, I don't see that happening in the postseason against the defenses they'll play. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles secondary is a complete mess, um, so they were able to tear them apart. Um, but you know, I think you get them a home game. I mean, Seattle. I was talking to Bucky Brooks about this earlier today. Yeah, Dallas and Seattle first round of the playoffs. Who do you pick? I mean, I think it's kind of a coin flip there. Uh, between those teams, and I think both those teams, um, you know, go on the road and probably lose to one of the top two. I know they beat the Saints already, but I, I don't see that happening on the road. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Dana Jeremiah, um, Move the Sticks is the podcast. NFL Network is the TV network, and he'll he covers the Chargers as their radio analyst. Safe travels to Kansas City. Get yourself some barbecue, and we'll talk to you when you come back. We'll do. Thanks. Guys. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I saw this video of Kyle Rudolph's end zone, and he's a, it's called Dear Kyle. And we, we've had Kyle on before, and I mean, look, I'd encourage you to watch it. Um, when he entered the league in 2011, Kyle Rudolph made a point to be invested in the Twin Cities community. And, of course, been even more involved since he and his wife, Jordan, opened Kyle Rudolph's end zone at the University of Minnesota Masonic Children's Hospital last December. They built a getaway for kids and families who are going through treatments. The end zone allows kids to engage in therapeutic play, experience a sense of normalcy, just to be kids without, you know, without any fears. They have indoor basketball hoops. They got TV, video games, digital sports simulator. They got everything. It's amazing. Watch it. It's called Dear Kyle and grab a tissue. Kyle Rudolph joins us um, on the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. I, look, you guys lost last night. The offense coordinator got fired. How, how you hanging in, dude? I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, it's the unfortunate part of our league, <clears throat> you know, when you're not playing up to your potential and you're not meeting expectations, uh, not winning football games, uh, unfortunately, change is made. Um, you know, it's 
you ask any guy in our locker room, especially on the offensive side of the ball, they're going to take blame for it. That's just the kind of locker room that we have. Um, I feel like, you know, no matter what plays are called, we have to go out and execute better. And I think if you asked all 11 guys on offense, they would say the same thing. You know, we've, I've, from afar, I've paid a lot of attention. One, because you've come on. Two, because I love a lot of pieces you have in your team. Paid attention to after the recent games, Mike Zimmer, your head coach, has said, hey, we need to run the football more. Kind of felt like he was directly calling out the play calling. Why haven't you been able to run the football more effectively? Well, I think there's a lot of things that go into running the ball effectively in this league, aside from just calling more run plays. You know, early in the year, we got behind a couple scores and a lot of games. And obviously, when you're playing from behind, you have to abandon the run game and you have to throw it to catch up. Um, but with that being said, the run game in the NFL is one that, you know, you have to stay on schedule. You can't be first and 20 after a, a penalty. Um, you can't get behind the chains and you certainly can't get behind the scoreboard. So, you know, if you go back and you look at the games that, we stayed on schedule and we played with a lead. We ran the ball relatively efficiently. Um, but unfortunately, in a lot of these games, we're getting behind and we're getting off to slow starts on offense. Uh, and that's not allowing us to really lean on the run game like our team is built to have success. What, what was? What, how'd you find out that uh, DeFilippo got fired? We got a note from Coach Zimmer and, you know, he just let us know that uh, he had relieved Coach DeFlippo of his duties, and uh, Kevin Stefanski would be taking over uh, the offensive coordinator spot and calling plays. What, what was your honest reaction when you saw that note? Um, <clears throat> it's tough because, like I said, you feel like, you know, especially me personally, a, a captain on offense, a, a leader on offense, a guy that's expected to make plays, you know, I feel like I let slip down and not making enough plays for him to keep his job. Um, and I said that before, that if you ask a lot of the guys on offense, they're going to say the same thing that, you know, it's, it's the players. It's not the plays that are called. It's not the coaches. Uh, we're out there on Sundays or Monday night like last night, and we have to just execute better. And, you know, yes, there's been a change in moving forward. Um, you know, we're excited to work with Kevin, but it still comes to the players making plays out on the field and us executing in critical situations like third down and in the red zone, which we were just abysmal at last night. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really, you know, right? And and that's what, what the NFL is about. A lot of people, like, it's still kind of arcane or archaic how the NFL tracks stats based upon overall, you know, gross yardage. When, when everybody I talked to is like, look, what do you do on third down? What do you do in the red zone? And then turnover margin. Th- that's that's the real stuff. And I, I, yeah, I guess points scored and points allowed. Um, okay, so in the red zone, what 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 what's the ratio of play calling to execution in terms of what's going wrong? Well, you know, it's about us executing. We had the ball on the one yard line last night and didn't score. Uh, you should be able to call any play in the playbook from the one yard line, and we should be able to get the ball in as players. And we didn't do that. Um, so, you know, for us, it's that's why we had so much success last year. That's why we won 13 games. We were great on third down, and we scored a lot of touchdowns. So, um, you know, if the season ended today, we'd still be in the playoffs. So, you know, as doom and gloom as it seems uh, around work today, it's we're still through now 13 games uh, are in the dance. And if you're in the dance, you have a chance to win it all. Nope. Uh, we understand that we got to make some changes, and we need to get better on offense if we want to, 
continue to control our own destiny and, and clinch a spot in the playoff. Um, but like I said, it's we got a three game season. Our, our backs are against the wall, and we got to go out and uh, we got a Dolphins team that's coming here, and they're in a similar situation, fighting for their playoff lives. What do you think about the the leverage call, the lack thereof? Should should they be able to go and review that? You would think it would be a reviewable call because it's so cut and dry. You know, you just if you touch someone, it's leveraging. You know, obviously, we know the rule: if you jump over and you don't touch anyone, then uh, it's a clean play. Uh, so I was actually asking our special teams coach on the sideline if that was reviewable because it seems so simple to review, but uh, I guess not. And uh, unfortunately, that one didn't go our way. We always see Kirk before the game in terms of rallying the guys. Uh, because of the contract he signed, he's getting a substantial amount of, of criticism. What's he been like after games, when, like last night, when he didn't play well? I mean, he's a guy of integrity, a guy of responsibility, a guy of accountability. Um, you know, he said it before, you know, on offense, it, it starts with him. And, you know, Kirk's a guy that's going to continue to battle and compete and go out there each and every week and try to give us a chance to win football games. So, you know, like I said, it's, it's not on one guy. It's not on the quarterback. It's not on the coordinator. It's, it's all 11 of us going out and, and making plays to sustain drives, stay on the field on third down, and then score more touchdowns in the red zone. Yeah, but now Stefanski comes in, and usually when you have like an interim guy replacing another guy, it's like bowl game offense, right? You start running flea flickers and oop-de-oop, right? The, the problem with this is that the cr- criticism has been of running the football, so are you guys going jumbo formation and just going to run it down the throat of the Miami Dolphins? Well, we did a, a little bit of that last night and, and had some success with it. Um, but again, in order for us to get more cracks at running the football, we got to convert on third and one, third and two, third and three, third and four, fourth and one. Um, all of those manageable third and fourth downs allow us to stay on the field and run the ball more. So, um, you know, it's great to sit there and say that we need to run the ball more, but you know, if we don't convert on, on third and manageables, then we're not getting opportunities to run the ball because we're going to the sideline and we're, we're punting. Um, I'm sure you've seen the miracle play in Miami, correct? Yes. Okay, so 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 have you gone to the coach and said, hey, look, if you think it's a jump ball play, please don't put me in. I know I'm a tight end and I'm <laughs> tall, but I don't, I don't want to look like how Gronk, Gronk, poor Gronk, he looked like he was wearing stilts. You know, I mean, he looked he looked like the old basketball player coming in trying to guard a point guard, trying to guard Steph Curry. Like that, that did not look so good. Yeah, that's a tough spot. I mean, you got those athletes running all over the field, uh, doing the razzle dazzle. Um, you know, obviously Gronk is back there for the jump ball situation, um, but when it breaks down and you got three athletes all over the field, razzle dazzle. Uh, that's tough for safety to make a play on, much less a, a tight end. Um, you're a uh, Kyle Rudolph joining us in the Doug Gottlieb show. He's the Vikings Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. You, you have, you know, Kyle Rudolph's end zone. Somebody I talked about before uh, welcoming you in. How, how, what's that like to have the kind of the balance of, dude, things at work aren't going great. Your OC got fired. You come back home, and there's so many more, really more pertinent, more important things in your life in your family's life with your twins trying to help others in need? No, definitely. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things that we've gained from our time at the hospital, and and that's perspective. You know, for us, wins and losses 
on Sundays are our life and death. You know, that's what we put all of our time and energy into. And, um, you know, when you lose, like we did last night, and then you got a two-and-a-half, three-hour flight home, you know, that's all you're thinking about. Um, but then you go down to the hospital on a Tuesday, and whether it's after a big win or a tough loss, you're reminded of reality. And, you know, it really puts things into perspective, especially someone who has kids of their own. Um, you know, you kind of just think to yourself what it would be like if you were in that situation and how hard it would be. Uh, so it's definitely something that's given us perspective. All right, last thing, Irish in the college football playoff. People are calling out, hey, the schedule is weak, soft. How important is it for the Irish to win a game? It's huge for them to go out and, and play well. Um, you know, you look back to, um, you know, the last four really big, you know, BCS New Year's Day Bowls that we've played in against good teams, and, um, you know, we haven't played well. So uh, to go out against a Clemson, you know, a team that everyone's kind of just assumed is going to, uh, roll it out there, and you know they're a double-digit point favorite. Uh, it'll be big for the Irish to go out and play well, and I think they're capable. They're very talented. They got a great pass rush, uh, and the quarterback's playing pretty well too. So uh, we're excited to to watch the Domers uh, here in a couple weeks. All right. Uh, most important thing: uh, you have twins. Is there one or two elves on the shelf in the in the Rudolph house? Uh, we only have one elf. What, what's the elf's yeah, name? So, what's your elf's name? Uh, the elf's name is Bubbles. Bubbles, yes. Uh, yeah, our daughters were, were drinking their milk when Bubbles came, and that's what they decided they wanted to name her because they had bubbles coming out of their milk. What time, what, what time did you get home last night? Uh, I got home about 5 o'clock this morning. Okay, you got home 5 o'clock. Were they still asleep? Yes. Okay, so you walk in. Uh, was Did you have a job to do before you got to go to sleep about something we just talked about? I know your kids are on around in the background. Is that, is that something? No, that, I did not. No, okay. no. My, the, so the, the, elf had magically, at, the elf had magically moved before you got home. I don't know if she moved before I got home or after. Oh, so, yeah, she had, my wife just told me she had moved before I got home. I just didn't see her when I came in the house. Okay, okay. You get, do you get creative? Do you have fun with it? Or is, is that, I mean? Uh, pretty much her gig. You know, I'm usually, on a normal week, I'm out of the house, um, you know, well before they're up. But... Uh, she enjoys finding creative places, and then it's always fun for me when I get home from work. Uh, the girls can take me and, and show me where Bubbles is. So uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Obviously, now that they're two, um, they're all in on Santa Claus and everything that comes along with Christmas. So it's a lot of fun. Well, listen. Uh, obviously, De Filippo's getting coal in his stocking. Well, we'll see. We'll see about this new fella. I'm I'm kidding, of course. Have a merry Christmas. <laughs> Uh, better luck upcoming against the Dolphins, and thanks for all you're doing with the Children's Hospital. We appreciate you joining us as always, Kyle. Thanks for having me on, Doug. Have a Merry Christmas. You too. That's Kyle Rudolph joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut. Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.